You, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Biggest Bad Boys of Podcasting. DJ Impact, and we got the biggest bad boys with me. And welcome to Three Count. We got three good topics for you today as we scoured the internet to find some good articles here for you. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, if you have any comments because you're watching us live, throw it into the comment box. We try to get it in as we see fit. If you're listening to us, you just download the podcast. Thanks for downloading. We appreciate it. We do all this for entertainment, just for fun. Um, you know, we know no more than what you know. <laughs> you know, so let's just put that out there. All right. So with that, let's uh, let's get right into our three count. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right. Here's our first one. One. And it is titled, Was MJF Really Talking About Adam Cole? This was on Deadspin.com. So I'm going to read the article. It's a a little lengthy, but uh, we want to make sure we kind of get all of the uh, facts out and then uh, what he wrote, I should say, out, and then we'll just discuss that. So let me get right into it. Um, It says that Maxwell, uh, Maxwell, Jaxwell didn't appear on Dynamite past week wasn't mentioned and there were stories that Turner execs wanted any mention of him scrub from AEW production he isn't even on the opening video package at the moment what is real and what is it is it the whole point of this and seemingly there isn't anyone on the planet who knows the answers other than MJF which is the way most want it for now as frolicking about in the mysterious gray area is the most fun but this approach has a distinct shelf life where fans, and probably MJF's co-workers, tire pretty quickly of not knowing where the lines are and begin to feel like they're being jerked around instead of delightfully food. A magic trick is cool. A con is not. But we're not there yet, and so we're still trying to parse what MJF was talking about exactly. And a bell was wrong on Dynamite this past week after Heyman's Adam Page returns to TV after losing the title to CM Punk. After his win, Page cut a promo calling out New Japan Pro Wrestling Champion and global legend uh, Kazuchika Okada for a match at Forbidden Door. Now, at the moment, wrestling social media went supernova at the thought, even though they do have a little established history from Page time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Or maybe that's what makes it better for fans, the security of knowing that these two will put on an absolute humper of the match that will actually have some story to call on instead of toy mashing that forbidden door is going to be all be at times though delightfully toy mashing but that inflamed excitement at the thought of page and okada 
was seemingly snuffed out in an instant and replaced with a deflation on par with a heavily pierced blimp. As soon as Adam Cole opened his mouth from the commentary desk, claiming he had first call on the match with Okada, the general reaction was, quote, Cole again, end quote, and it's not completely unexpected complaint. Now, obviously, MJF was spraying to all fields with this flamethrower promo last uh, last week, and there was not, and there have not been any specific intended targets other than everyone within a 50-mile radius. It is, it is most likely folly to try and find nuance in the wreckage caused by MJF's flamethrower. But hey, I'm crazy. Certainly no one responsible, which MJF almost assured isn't in character or out, if there's a difference, would blanch about whatever it is CM Punk and Brian Danielson are making or their place on the card. Punk is perhaps the most beloved wrestler of all amongst AEW fans, even when they were WWE fans. And Danielson has at several times been the best wrestler in the world. These are legends who also just happen to still be active and you and you move heaven and earth to slot them in properly. And neither has done anything to make anyone think they don't belong exactly where they are. They've thrown themselves fully into the to the company, their matches, their stories, and everything else. But Adam Cole, that's a different story. Certainly Cole hasn't mailed anything in and has been very much Adam Cole since he arrived in AEW, which was five minutes before Danielson. But what does that entail exactly? Well, while Cole was immensely popular in his time at NXT, it was only NXT and even towards the end when it became clear that NXT was going to change greatly from where it was in Cole's and Undisputed Era's heyday. There was Cole fatigue. His blow-off with Cal O'Reilly felt forced, though a lot of that had to do with the dying members of the black and gold version of NXT. So Cole was another victory for AEW, given that he actually shunned a role on the main roster to move to AEW. And this wasn't just someone released or underused, but someone New York actually wanted to keep in a completely terrible role, but still that couldn't resist the siren song and freedom of AEW. No question that fans love that. And Cole had a streak of basically kicking off Rampage or the odd dynamite, mostly because fans love to hear and sing along to this thing. And I won't disclose how many times I've put on my headphones at the grocery store and strutted down the aisles. It gets a crowd in a hot second, which is exactly what you need at the top of any show, especially for Rampage, which is usually filmed three hours into a show and where the crowd's energy may dip. And it's not that Cole's been bad. His matches are fine, if not good. His promos are fine, if not good. But in neither category is he anywhere close to the best AEW has to offer. You could probably name 10 wrestlers who put on consistently better matches and at least five who, who are better promos. That's a testament to the depth AEW has, which isn't Cole's fault. But when you start weighing those factors against his place on the card every week, the, quote, imbalance, end quote, light starts flashing. And Cole has never really been off the top of the card since his arrival. He got two matches with Paige, and when Paige was champ, even though he lost the first one clean, <laughs> and then he put in parentheses while coming to the ring looking like a ninja turtle, oh boy, he got the second one simply by asking for it, which is the main complaint about WWE booking. He gets a segment every week. He won the Owen Hart tournament, which is a good spot that any number of wrestlers could have used to rise up higher than they were. It seemed like AEW wanted to position him in a real-life girlfriend, Britt Baker, as a power couple after the tourney. 
But thankfully, that impulse seems to have passed in the following weeks. And then, quote, and then in parentheses, it says that couples' angles in wrestling almost always makes the women seem weaker or an accessory. And Baker has built far too big of a role to ever be that. Now, the complaint is that Cole came to AEW with a recent resume no stronger than, say, Malachi Black or Andrade. Both of them got coded, have been on and off TV, and certainly aren't anywhere near title shots or matches with Okada. And Miro had to eat shit with Kip Sabian for a while before becoming the popular and push character he is now. And Miro has mania match with John Cena in the past. Certainly none of them are worse in the ring than Cole, and all are probably better. But it felt like during the show that Cole passed from being the entitled heel that he plays so well into the just a guy who's being given everything, which also blurs the line from kayfabe to not. The former is the character. The second is what's happening to the individual when it's not intentional or part of the story. Fans don't come along. Cole is good and useful part of the roster and apparently off screen one of the nicest people in the world. But when MJF wonders out loud how those quote, ex-WWE guys, end quote, seem to get trampoline up the roster and on the pay payment chart, it's not hard to see what the specific targets might be, especially when you consider how much lighter Cole's resume is than others. Perhaps Tony Khan has to keep Cole around on the top of the card for whenever Kenny Omega returns and that epic feud begins. Khan has been known to hold things he wants to do instead of moving on when circumstances dictate, i.e., House of Black versus Death Triangle through um, myriad injuries. All right, fellas, that is it. Matt Michaels, has he been has he been going this long? Or okay, he's MIA. MIA. <laughs> Let's go right over into you. Let me go with you, Simon Street. I'll start with you. What is your take when you hear about this? Um, and it's pretty much saying, hey, maybe MJF is, you know, maybe. What his issue is, is what he sees happening with, with Adam Cole. What's your take with everything I just read, what you just heard, and your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a legitimate gripe, uh, you know, based on the perspective, although some of the writing was a little bit uh, emotional, uh, to say the least. Uh, I will say a couple of things that I heard in that article that mm, – could be my perspective because majority of the people that have come over from NXT black and gold are now on AEW, which obviously is a reason why I'm probably watching more often. Uh, they come with a lot, a lot of eyes of people who we've said it before are disdained mm -hmm. and come over to uh, AEW because they're tired of WWE and the decision that they make. With that said, Adam Cole brings a lot to AEW, a lot of eyes. Um, one thing that was not mentioned at all, but even slightly, is what he is off camera. Off camera, he has a huge presence, especially with Twi uh, Twitch, especially within the gaming community. He, I think a month ago, maybe even, yeah, it was right around uh, the Blizzard uh, acquisition, so about two months ago. He was on popular uh, shows produced by IGN, podcasts, uh, and held his own. So within that sphere, he's 
pretty well to do. Um, comparing him to uh, Andre uh, Andrade, <laughs> comparing him, who's the other person that he that did, did you compare him to? Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Nothing. No. Nothing. Not to, nothing against those guys, but it's not the same thing when you bring that over, you know. Um, and I get it that AEW probably does uh, lean more in towards when they get fresh off the boat, WWE signees, especially as hot as Cole, uh, as, uh, you know, um, what you call Danielson, Mm -hmm. uh, because you want to go off of that wave, right, to boost up your company. And, yes, I see what MJF is saying, you know, if we're really talking about this, like this ain't a work in the making. Uh, You know, it's – it's the simple thing of it gives you longer opportunity for your newer talent to shine. Now, getting that to the side, one thing that I find interesting, and I'll cut it there. It's interesting how he's saying this in this article, and it made me think of an article I read long, 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 long time ago. And it was Bleacher Report, 2014, November 27th, talking about CM Punk when he left WWE. And I'll just paraphrase some of the shit that he said. He said he he got tired of people deserving shit coming over and getting shit, but he couldn't get the same. So it's kind of interesting. You have Punk on AEW. I'm sure he's in the ear of somebody who's doing the writing. MJF, which I thought immediately when MJF did the pipe, I'm sure I'm not the only person. You see where this is going. It works for me. You know, he may not get the big outstanding pipe bomb that Punk got because nobody ever will. But hey, if anybody can come close, it's gonna be fucking MJF. So let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let me move over to you, Sin City. Um, and I just want to specifically call out uh this point here. Um, this is uh so this one here, when he when he says, and it's not that Cole has been bad, his his matches are fine, if not good, his prom his promos are fine, if not good. But in neither category is he anywhere close to the best AEW has to offer. You could probably name 10 wrestlers who put on consistently better matches and at least five who are better promos. And that's a testament to the depth AEW has, which isn't Cole's fault. But when you start weighing those factors against his place on the card every week, the imbalance light starts flashing. Um, and then in one of the comments back with Simon Street, I mentioned the complaint is that Cole came to AEW with the recent resume no stronger than, say, Malachi Black or Andrade. I mean, do you think that um, these are some good points to call out, or do you think this is just nitpicking here? What's so, I mean, I, I think the one thing that's really, really important that needs to be remembered is – and I, I hate the person that said the quote, but – don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. I totally <laughs> see this entire thing. It definitely didn't start off as being uh, as being a work, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 the more and more I'm seeing things, it, it's just sounding off the alarm bells to me. Realistically, um, you know, it, it. I, I do get that. I do get the vibe um, that that this author actually isn't as far-fetched as what you might think. Um, now, ultimately, if, if things kind of trail off or if, you know, if he does win the world championship and has a, a good run with it or whatever, um, then yeah, ultimately 
they're it, he it seems like he's being rewarded right now for doing virtually nothing and that is that's what this author had initially stated um if they're going to go all the way with him fine put the fucking big belt on him if they're just gonna let him sit here and just kind of take up title shots and opportunities that i do have a problem with um do i want him to be pushed down the card not necessarily but in the at the expense of elevation of another talent yeah you might have to look that direction interesting okay um we got matt back here so this was typically your your article here what what stood out to you most well first i just want to say i'm sorry a fire alarm was pulled and it's either my mom or my dad so those fuckers need to be put in their place i don't know who it was but it was one of them yeah if you let them have it uh, <laughs> well played brother yeah <laughs> uh so you know what's i think what i found very fascinating when i read this is it took me to an interesting thought and this was that and i don't know if it was really addressed in the article itself and that is how much praise does AEW get for oh we let the wrestlers do their own fucking promos right well there's a reason vince has been scripted for years and it goes back to 1997 and Sean and Brett and they were letting the guys do their own fucking promos and what happened the fucking work got made into a shoot and I think that what you're kind of seeing is the first repercussions of allowing it to be so open right so whether or not it's a work or a shoot at some point doesn't really even matter because of the fact that some people are going to get pissed off and that might not be Tony. Tony might be playing along, you know, Hey, that's fine. But how many people backstage are getting pissed off? Now, what I found very interesting is the assumption that this is stuff aimed at Adam Cole, because realistically it's not just Adam Cole. You know, there it's all the people who have come in since the beginning. And I think MJF legitimately has a little bit of a grudge because if you think about it, Darby and MJF, that's really it from the beginning, right? Who have been pushed and have had a substantial impact on the actuality of the wrestling and, and the cards. And you see them in higher positions on the card. But yet, out of all of them, MJF has never had a belt at all, which is strange. You've given, you gave him the, you gave Cole the fucking Owen Hart tournament thing. You could have gave it to MJF. That would have been a great thing for his character to be character to be bragging upon, right? I just won the tournament about one of the best fucking wrestlers in the world who, you know, this means a lot to me, et cetera, et cetera. But no, we put him in with Punk and we decreased MJF's value against Punk potentially down the line, which is, I think, something that he's probably a little bit pissed off about too. 
it just it's it's interesting in this sense if it is a shoot if if there is some of this stuff that is a true feeling that he has then the danger becomes what if he does want to try out the structure and the structure is what the wwe is it's the machine it's the creator of potential movie stars and whatnot and i think everyone will agree that mjf is not the you know not the best wrestler in their company in terms of wrestling skills but he's probably their biggest homegrown fucking character and entertainment value person they got you know and um and then how does it feel having to get your you know essentially Build up this whole thing. We can get the whole thing built up with Jericho. And in the end, Jericho, the, the you know, who was a heel for the longest time, wins because now he's a baby face. And then he turns heel. Jericho turns heel just months later. Right. So you waste that. Then you do the same thing with Punk. You have him beat Punk in non <laughs> in matches that really didn't mean shit. And then Punk gets the big one over him. And then what do you do? Well, that sets up Wardlow. And now Wardlow squashes him as punishment if it's, you know, not a war, if it's if it's a shoot. So that's fucked up, man. That's frustrating. I don't um, understand what the what 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 would the what would the end game be to a point that as a fan, we go, wow, this was worth it. And I don't know where, I don't know where that comes in at. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, that's a great question, man. I, I, I'm, I, you got me. I don't you know. know. Back, you know, back with back when Stone Cold and McMahon had that had they beef, all we ever wanted was for Stone Cold to get his hands on McMahon. That's all we ever wanted was just to have him just really get to whoop his ass. So yeah. whatever that was, the ultimate goal, and and that that made us happy to finally have that conclusion. And um, McMahon was, was a character. Yeah, Tony Khan isn't even a character right now. Right, right. So it makes even more like confusing sense. And the only out I see is that if MJF is let go, which Tony would be stupid to do. Um, right. Tony then cuts a uh, Vince McMahon type promo, like he Vince did on Brett, right, and yeah. says that oh MJF screwed MJF, but right. that's it. I don't know what the end game is, man. I was hoping you knew DJ because it's tough. Yeah. All right. Did you guys have anything else to say on that? All right. Right. Let's move over then to our second. Oh, you know what? Before I do that, let me um I should have been uh more prepared, but I got so involved in this story. I was just like, oh my god, I just I just really want to talk about this, and then I wasn't even ready. Okay, I'm ready now. All right, so let's get into our second count. <laughs> Boom. Naomi finally breaks silence with the five major statements after raw workout, and it's on sports. Skeeta. We definitely gonna have to hit up Sports Skeeta and tell them they need to be uh, sponsors on our show. 
Sportskeeda. All right, here we go. It reads like this. Former WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Naomi was has finally broken silence after a Raw walkout with Sasha Banks last month. And Naomi and Sasha Banks walked out on May 16th episode of Monday Night Raw after a fallout with the creative team. They were scheduled to compete in the main event of the show, but WWE was forced to change it at the last minute. Following the incident, WWE officially released a statement calling out the two stars for not fulfilling the requirements of their contract. Soon, the two were stripped of their titles, and it was announced that they had been suspended indefinitely from the company. Almost a month later, Naomi has now taken to Twitter to share an interesting video about five things you need to hear today. The video contains five major statements, all of which director towards Raw walkout incident. Quote, there are five things you need to hear today. Number one, important people come and go. That's okay. Number two, you can look at it as rejection or you can look at it as redirection. Number three, you defined what fun is. Don't allow someone to make you feel like what you like is stupid. Number four, sometimes you might have to let other people down to make yourself happy. Number five, diet isn't just a, isn't isn't just what you eat. Your diet is what you watch, what you listen to, and allow around you. Uh, and okay, so why don't we just stop it right there and go back here to the group here? Time Street, uh, this was yours. What really stood out about the five major statements here that? Uh, Naomi uh, put out. Well, I think the the, the five statements in the video uh, really speak out to not just this whole situation of Naomi and Sasha Banks, but kind of what we talk about all the time, you know, and even outside of uh, sports entertainment, you know, pretty much everybody involved is presenting their art. So it's safe to say that they're artists. Do you see what I'm saying? And many of people, when they are uh, artists, you know, have a certain way of, 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 you know, taking whatever life that's happening to them or the way that they perceive life and putting it into their art. Okay. It just so happens that they're able to go and do this into the ring and they do this along with a script that's written for them and in, in, in a company. When you lose that motivation sometimes before for most people, I would say, uh, or maybe more people than should, you, uh, you, you, you get to a certain point to where you have a moment of self-reflection and you have to ask yourself, why am I even doing this? Do you see what I'm saying? Do I still want to do this? Is this something I still love? You know, every seven, some would say every seven years, we change who we are as a person. Our wants, desires, our goals, everything, the way we perceive life, right? So, what I found interesting about what Naomi was using this video uh, wasn't so much to, to, you know, address the WWE directly. Because even though the article was pushing like that was the case, that's not what she said in her tweet. It was just in general, she put that out there on her tweet. Maybe that's where she is with the situation and maybe her moving forward and going through like different facet. I'll leave it at this. I like the fact, and I've said this before. I like that AEW exists in this capacity. I felt that in many ways they uh, filled in a blank that 
other promotions tried to fill in when WCW was gone. Um, but because of, you know, the limitations of their promotions and how small they were and how much they could do, they only do so much. I do respect what Vince McMahon and the WWE have built. I recognize the system that they have and how it works. As Michaels has said it, we've all said it. If you want to be a star, WWE can make you, it can help you go build that. But that doesn't mean that everybody in that system, that that's fit for them as they go through these walks of life. And I think that that's where Naomi is, or, you know, or Trinity. That's where she is, I think, in life. She's just kind of making a statement of herself, like, look, I'm going to go ahead and move forward. These are things that I live my life by. I'm okay. I hope that this article inspires not only people who are watching her show, but also other people who are fans of her or may be in contracts, not to say be unprofessional and do what they did, because that's their choice. But have that moment of self-reflection before you make those steps forward, whether to stay within the remainder of your contract or to just do something like they did. But what is your next move after that said and done? Because really, there needs to be a place like AEW because there's a lot of people who aren't meant to be in the WWE. That's just not the system they want to operate in. And then vice versa, because of what we kind of talked about in our last article. You know, there might be people in AEW that want something more for themselves and asking those five things and may go to WWE in that system. So I kind of just wanted to bring that article because it just really just stood out. Those are, even for us individuals, I would say maybe you should think about those questions. Let me ask you, uh, Matt Michaels, I'm, I'm having a little bit of self-reflection right now. And I was always under the impression that if I was to say that, you know, people who like AEW is stupid, I'm beginning to find out that number three, I violated that rule. You define what is fun. Don't allow someone to make you feel like you what you like is stupid. So I'm, I need to change, I guess, my thought process in that. But let me ask you, what is your take when you when you read this? Do you think, first off, that even she was talking about what she, uh, you know, this whole process or she would just really just maybe speaking in general? I mean, it's kind of hard to to know exactly, but what, what's your take on uh, her first response since the walkout? This article's stupid. <laughs> Fucking dumb. Uh, so I think that uh, a the way the article was written, Sportskeeda is horrible when it comes to this kind of uh, bait and click. Easy. We're going, for, we're going for the sponsorship, so easy on that. Yeah, I don't want any Kita, okay? <laughs> Don't have your mouth open. Don't, I don't want a Wheeler. I don't want a Yuta. I don't want all that. Yeah. So, uh, no, you know, the problem is, is that, and Simon did say it, the article takes it as if this is directed towards Raw, the walkout. Absolutely not. It is, it is not. Um, and I'll tell you why it's not. She's still under contract. And if she said anything, those lawyers would fucking have her crucified for this. So it's not directed at the walkout. Mm -hmm. um, the second reasoning that it's not directed at the walkout is because her husband still works for the company. So why the fuck would she put him at jeopardy, which right. means that they're in total jeopardy? 
you know, she might have uh, talked it over with him in terms of what she was going to do. And, you know, he probably signed off on that's a that's a good idea if you feel this way um, and just know, you know, just don't do this. Don't do that um, because they're going to, you know, they're going to come after you. Um, yeah. I think that in the broader sense, I think that Simon's correct in his assumption of uh, that this is meant as just something reflective and could be a motivator to other people or, you know, uh, what I did find interesting though, is I think the article kind of referred to, um, and you said, you know, you jumped in on us uh, before you got to the next part, which were all those comments that were by the fans. And what is fascinating to me is that this is a good example of someone Naomi is either liked or disliked, right? Which means that really, in all honesty, Naomi is kind of like, eh, the fans don't really have a reaction. They're not heated at her and hate her or she's not beloved. And when that happens, you can see right then and there that this walkout didn't affect, you know, it, it affected the, the few fans who like her, but no one is going, where the fuck is she? I can't wait to see her. You know, you're not hearing an outcry. And I think that's telling because if this was, uh, you know, let's face it, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, those guys are all your polarizing top tier people. And Naomi is not there. And it's arguable that Sasha's not top tier either. Sasha's in that kind of that third tier under like Randy and, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the, the established guys like AJ Styles, right? Then you kind of get that Sasha Banks. And then Naomi's below Sasha, which in some circumstances sounds, you know, like a good thing. But in in other circumstances, it's not a good thing. <laughs> so, um, so you know, it's it's kind of a it's one of those things where I think this is just her on on the internet. We're not, just getting, getting, the We're not getting it. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I they took it off the table. Oh, I, I'm sorry. My seven years was up, so I just changed. So. <laughs> I kind of think that this is very, uh, very important that she made this statement about Raw. It's amazing. <laughs> My whole vision just opened up. Um, Sin City, um, it, in, any response here on, on the, or any, ref, are you reflecting on what she reflected on? <laughs> What's your take? So I, there's a, a way that you can be vague and leave the door open for interpretation. And I think that she did an expert level job of doing exactly that um, just by the mere fact that we're having this this discussion. Um, it can be taken on either on either way, uh, either that a yes, she is talking about things with, you know, the the raw walkout or you could look at it as if she's just talking about mental health and, you know, doing whatever is best for you and bettering your situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that 
this article, um, you know, it, it does have a lot of the a lot of the uh, responses, as Matt Michaels had mentioned. Um, the uh, the thing is that keep in mind they are in an entertainment business. So yes, I want to think that some of this stuff is you know is going to be setting something up for the future because she is still contractually obligated to work for WWE. Um, I know that she still has a decent amount of time left on her deal. I know that Sasha's contract is up in just a couple of months. So they're probably just going to keep Sasha at home until her contract is up and then just let her walk, to be honest. But with Naomi, it's not going to be as easy. So I think that they're just going to give her a couple of months off to allow for, you know, mental recharging and, and just bettering herself making sure that she's in as best of a situation as she can be in when they're going to expect her back. Probably I would say after SummerSlam. So. Okay. She might come out at SummerSlam and beat Bianca in 30 seconds. That, that, Hey, there you go. I mean, that could very well be a new SummerSlam tradition, right? Maybe Naomi's just waiting for Sasha's contract. To be up so she can say oh she's gone now okay great i'm back yeah i don't know why she had to do all of that <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's she whether, whether she's making that decision or whether or whether the e's making that decision either one right. all right yeah i got you all right y'all good stuff let's move over into count three three this one's titled page leaving wwe most certainly be in the ring again and this is from CagesideSeats.com. This is how it reads. Paige is leaving WWE and it looks and if looks to have her sights set on an in-ring return. In statement posted to Twitter account on Friday, the 29-year-old Paige announced that she'll be departing WWE on July 7th. Paige thanked WWE and wrote that she appreciates the opportunity she was given while with the company. Paige, who hasn't wrestled since 2017, noted in her statement that the day will be uh, will most certainly come when she's in the ring again. It was revealed in January 2018 that WWE had medically disqualified Paige from entering competition due to issues with her neck. And uh, just uh, the quick uh, statement that it said uh, that Paige wrote it, it said it was this: July 7th will be the last day with WWE. I'm so thankful and I appreciate the opportunities that the company has given me. I will always be appreciative of the company that took 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 in an 18 year old British pale emo girl that didn't look like your average diva, giving me the chance of a lifetime and making me feel like a superstar. I know after my neck injury taking me out of in-ring status it was pretty hard to keep me around for as long as you did and for that i'm thankful too thank you to wwe universe you guys are the most passionate group of fans i've ever seen hope you continue to stay on the journey with me i think the toughest part weirdly enough is having to let page name go but soraya is hell of a name kudos to my mom sarah it's it's sarah Sarah. Yeah, that's how that's, you say it. Although it's spelled the way it's spelled, S-A-R-A-Y-A, it's Sarah. Okay. Sarah is a hell of a name. Kudos to my mom for that one. FYI, I'm not saying I'll never be in the ring. That day will most certainly come again, wherever the return may be. Thank you, WWE. 
Sarah. All right. Well, the only reason I know it is because I watched the movie. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Fighting with the, My Family, go see it. It's go a good movie. It. Or, it's really good. Not go see it, but look at yeah. it. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. It's on Netflix, I think, now. All right. Well, let's go right over to you, Sin City. Uh, this was your pick. What's your take? So, I mean, obviously, this is this is something that wrestling fans have been clamoring for for quite a while, is getting Paige either into a WWE ring or out of a WWE contract to get into a ring elsewhere. Um, so whether... Obviously, the the elephant in the room, you know, Tony Khan, he's got an endless checkbook, uh, whether she goes to AEW, whether she goes to Impact, um, wherever she goes. Um, I, I think that she still has gas left in the tank. Um, we saw what happened with uh, people that WWE previously refused to clear. Brian Danielson, Edge, uh, both of those guys, you know, were told, hey, you're never going to wrestle again. And now things are a little bit different. Um, I, I, I think that Paige can still leave a little bit of a legacy uh, by going elsewhere. And who knows? Maybe she does go to AEW. Maybe, maybe she goes to uh, be the, the main person in, uh, in ROH, which I doubt. But she could go to Impact and just make their women's division even better than what it is already. Um, I, I think that, yeah, she definitely has a lot of time. She's 29 years old. Yeah. She's 29. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought she was older. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's that's the, the key thing. She still has a lot of time. And by the way, my uh, uh, apologies. The article I read actually was from uh, Wrestling Observer uh, Online, and I had said K-Size Seats because they also had an article, but that's not – what I had read from. So my apologies. I want to make sure that, um, you know, Meltzer and Alvarez get their uh, proper credit as it should be. Um, uh, let me go over to you. Uh, Simon Street, what's, what's your take, man, uh, to hear that uh, Paige is saying goodbye to WWE, but you're going to see me elsewhere in a ring. Well, I think, I think it's good for her because, I mean, uh, I know we talked a uh, a lot about you know how young she is and how much there's so much left in the tank regard uh, you know in ring uh she's talented in other ways as well and uh, uh, <laughs> i knew somebody was going to do it it's not it's not for what she's infamous for uh although she was talented in that as well but what i do mean i do mean in this situation of uh, she is a talented individual as well she's highly charismatic She's somebody that that you can see easily do things now that she's not going to be signed by the WWE because I think it was confirmed that WWE just just want to sign her and resign her and that's the reason why she's not. So it leaves her open to do other stuff. You know, what I mean, we talk about contracts. I think it's been the theme this whole goddamn three count. Uh, you know, and that can hold you up from a lot of shit. Maybe she just doesn't even want to do entering. You know, although I do believe she will. Um, and then also, too, she might do some stuff, uh, you know, in a different capacity, uh, maybe at AEW. Maybe if she went to Impact and she's 
working with Gail Kim in the women's division over there. You know what I mean? Or as uh, Sin City said, uh, you know, with ROH, we'll see what happens. I think that she has something to offer because look at what she's done. If you look at the women's division in the WWE, she was not just a, a quick little footnote. She was a substantial big part of, you will, I'll be honest, the evolution of the women's uh, division. And where she was, she's that marker of when they decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and, you know, go a different direction than what we've normally done. So kudos to her. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. All right. Matt Michaels, Paige has decided that uh, that's it with her career with WWE. And she's, um, you know, moving on. What's your take when you uh, when you saw that this was posted by her? Um, something uh, did uh, show up uh, a little later this afternoon. I guess she was on her Twitch, I believe, and a fan asked her uh, if it was her decision not to sign back with the WWE. And she said it was their decision not to offer her the contract. So that's another interesting um, side note. You know, um, we don't know the doctors, uh, what the doctors see, what, you know, what their lawyers see. So, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's a good question in terms of if she wants to wrestle. Uh, obviously, she's expressed it. Um, so maybe they're not willing to take the chance. Um, what I do have here is, I think, um, let me see. I've got, uh, I've got, I got the video that Simon was talking about. Let me just uh, play that a little bit. I mean, you know, there's just some videos you can't get out of your mind, and that was one of them. Uh, unfortunately, wow. we couldn't show it here uh, due to copyright Shame. protection. So, Shame. Shame. Hey, man, I don't pick them. She picks them. That's her choice. And then you go put my name up in there and shit, like, like I'm part of the problem. Damn. Oh, this was our check. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you for considering. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Think about us seven years. We'll have a change from that point. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> um, all right, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for listening. Um, hopefully, you were entertained. Um, uh, I just want to leave you with always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and listening, downloading, telling others about us. We need that support. And we appreciate you for giving that support when you, uh, when you have the opportunity to. So with that, I would like to tell all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. We won't see you next week. So let me shout you out right now. And uh, you deserve to be celebrated as well. All right. So with that, 
final thoughts. Let's go over to you. Simon Street, what you want to tell the people? Hey, man, you already said his best, man. Happy Father's Day to all the guys, uh, you know, who uh, take the duty of being a father and push it forward and be the constant gardener that they are to all of their little seedlings that turn into sprouts that then blossom into tall trees that they are meant to be. May you have the best day possible. Awesome, 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 awesome. Sin City, Steve, what you got? Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, also, very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And um, last but not least, repsports.com, repsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Matt Michaels. Uh, hey, Father's Day. If you're looking for something to do and you're here in Vegas, uh, come check out the 13th anniversary show for FSW. Future Stars of Wrestling. It's going to be a pretty damn solid show. Headlined by Hammerstone, the... Uh, heavyweight champion going against ice Williams. Uh, and, uh, there's a lot on this card that is, uh, very anticipated amongst the, uh, the followers of FSW and you can, uh, watch it as well on fight TV. I believe, uh, it will be streaming there for, uh, oh, their usual was 1999 or 1499, whatever the, uh, fight TV, uh, pay-per-views go for. So, uh, Check that out, and uh, it's a great way if you're in town, if you're local, take your dad, show him a good time, you know, be like, uh, be like DJ, who, you know, has taken his kids to countless wrestling events, and, uh, you know, they absolutely love wrestling, To right? They love wrestling, right? They, no, no. <laughs> I was trying to think for a second. I was like, hold on, what? You know, we all can't be great dads. We we can fail in some areas. And unfortunately, uh, you know. Hey, it's all good. Uh, my He's son, raised two fine children. My son um, is approaching uh, 17 this year. So uh, how much longer I got till I could take him to a first strip club? You got one more year. Ah, yes. You take father, him at 18. Father of the year. Father yep. of the year. Yep. Technically, yeah. when does Paige's contract end? Because I think that... <sighs> Just to make sure we can't use that, that check. All right. Wow. With that, <laughs> we will see you all. Um, we'll see you all soon. Keep it locked on our social media so you can know what's happening and uh, we appreciate you to there. Take care. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.